Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast Empowering Female Leaders. Pleased to welcome Alexandra Shirali, who is an emotional healing and trauma release practitioner, and she will share with us compelling insights on emotional healing and demystify it. So find out now in the next 30 minutes how you can learn to transform your painful memories, how you can boost your relationship with the outside world, but also within yourself and how you can design an easy-to-apply action plan to achieve your goals. A very warm welcome to Alexandra. Alexandra, do you want to say a few words about yourself? Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. And I'm so excited to be invited and be part of this community you're shaping, because I believe what are you doing, this is really important, and I would love to be part of this helpful, useful, and inspiring moment. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm Alexandra, and well, I guess I'm supposed to say I'm emotional healing practitioner. So I'm a coach who works with athletes, focused on athletes, to help them to push their limits, to increase their pain tolerance, and achieve the goals what they want or what they dream of. People come to me usually with the pain, And with the pain, there is no explanation, and uh, there is uh, also no solution. Yes, and I love helping, and I love looking into this pain and to see what can uh, can be done about that. So, and I really love that, and seeing this, you know, energy of my clients, with the way how they transform, and see how their eyes start spark, how they start walking upright when the pain is not there. This is very rewarding and it, it is very beautiful journey to, to to be part of it. And I I love very much to do that. And uh, I hope that my so that people can can feel this love. Yes. So Uh, does this help? <laughs> yeah, yeah, introduction. This helps. This helps. Um, actually, Alexandra, does that mean that you you use the emotions that people have inside of themselves, the traumas they have maybe lived as well emotionally, and you connect them to the pain they feel in their body? Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, this uh, work like this, you know, um, uh, Through, I discovered through my work so-called uh, psychogenic pain. So in other words, this is the pain where comes somewhere in the body and this is related to the emotion or some kind of experience we had outside and that uh, we were engaged and as a part of this engagement, our body reacted to these emotions, uh, feelings happening, and something remained in our body, so just got into it. 
and these feelings, this experience uh, stays in the body and body, it's in a way keeps this core of our experience in life, our emotional experience and things what we haven't resolved, they tend to stay in the body and talk uh, through certain signs, you know, the body speaks. And um, this is the way how I work. So with my clients, I, uh, uh, the way how it works, I ask what's on usually and it gives me, uh, I, give it, I give it time to uh, clients to talk. And I jot down the keywords and I usually build in a way framework or Canva what it might be the underlying issue and how the things are connected. And then um, I see, I come up, uh, I ask some questions and I come up with my interpretations. What uh, could be about and how can we start? And uh, I work with uh, combining body-mind methods to see mm -hmm. how we can align body-mind to resolve what is on yeah, yeah. I think this is a very interesting technique and is certainly a technique that will be used much, much more in the future. I mean, the Western approach in the Western world mainly was always to separate the body and the mind, yeah, and to looking, especially when it came to pain or other problems that we might have with our health and to look only at this one symptom and to try to work on this one thing whereas it might come from a completely different place and I am also in contact with more and more practitioners um, doctors and and uh, and people who are really working with um, especially with the backbone for example is one of these central pieces in our body and who have a different view on this because they also say it's not in the place where you have the pain where your pain comes from and I see in my own practice, if, if I'm not working with pain as such, I'm working a lot, for example, with limiting beliefs and fears and these things. And it's very interesting that when people start feeling a fear, for example, or feeling a specific pressure, that they literally feel a true pain or a muscle that is hardening so much that they have true pain. <laughs> and it's this famous weight on our shoulders sometimes also. Yeah. And Body and mind are intrinsically connected, and I think we often too, too often underestimate this and ignore especially the signals that we get from our body. Uh, uh -huh. and then suddenly it's too late and we ran into, into a stress situation which we could have avoided if we had listened before to our body and not only to our, but our brain tells us that what we uh -huh. should actually. So my question would be, yeah. What is your opinion at stake if we just continue to ignore this very close relationship between body and mind? Mm -hmm. um, I was about to tell <laughs> how, how to draw attention. <laughs> very nice to hear from you that, um, that we are thinking the way how can we outline what happens. Um, what can happen is... Uh, that um, when we um, detach the body and mind, so we start feeling lost and disconnected from our essence as a whole, as a whole being, you know, as a human being, as someone who has an entity, as someone who uh, combines feelings, emotions in the body. And when uh, 
um, we, when our systems are not aligned, so then we start feeling what will be happening. Mostly, this comes in a way that we start um, feeling pain or we start um, uh, feeling um, not at home in our body. So let me say that in more simple terms. Uh, so like headache, you know, pain, you know, difficulties to digest, difficulties to sleep, certain type of food intolerances or um, difficulties to, to cope with uh, certain uh, level of sound, noises, or workload, or challenges to interact with people who are different than us. So this is what could happen in a, in a nutshell, a lot of difficulties. So when the systems are not in balance, so we start feeling shaky, start losing our balance. So this is what could happen. And uh, very often this is about uh, um, with feelings being lost, disconnected and having pain. So mm -hmm. it could happen if we start uh, disconnecting mind and body. The, uh, the easiest way to align that this is uh, to practice certain techniques that our ancestors already knew. Um, what worked 2,000 years ago still works because the model of a human being you know, hasn't changed that much. So, and these models, are, our ancestors were very smart. You know, they brought, uh, came up uh, with a, a set of tools and techniques that align that. Um, lots of them come from Western, uh, from Eastern philosophies or teachings like yoga, Tai Chi, martial arts, you know, meditation and these type of things that really can help align thoughts, breath work, our perception, you know, our sense of identity as a human being and bring it, shape it together and connect a group of people because we're social animals. So I hope this is the answer to your question, Ulrike. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed it does. And I think everybody can relate very well to uh, to everything you said, which can be negative consequences of a disconnection when we have that between our body and mind. And we all feel that very often. I mean, we all know that feeling when we get disconnected, but we probably don't qualify it as such. Yeah, we, we put the reasons to many external factors because it was a stressful day or because we had bad news these days or because we were just alone, yeah, social animals for too long time, especially last year and in the past months, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. But um, very often we slip then into a position where we, where we blame external circumstances, which are still there, obviously. Yes, I don't say that they don't exist, mm -hmm. but we forget that we can find a solution or a relief certainly inside of ourselves. So what I would like to, to know from you is what are the, what are relatively quick, and a quick is not the right word, but simple to access techniques or first steps that people can do to better connect their body with their mind, to, to, to step a little bit into this self-management area, which they can certainly... Mm -hmm improve for themselves? 
I feel challenged to come up with my <laughs> with my knowledge, and I gladly take this challenge. And I hope to give that answer that helps. Um, I I believe there are like three steps we could follow. First step is you know to have enough sleep. I think enough sleep. This is important to feel that we are rejuvenated, that we have enough strength. So people who have enough uh, sleep, then they can act in more balance and uh, way with more awareness and uh, and uh, also with more compassion to themselves and others. And also people who uh, slept enough, they tend to. Uh, avoid overeating because when we have enough energy within, we don't need to have extra energy to eat more. So this is first sleep enough, <laughs> and the second one is um, to, to uh, engage into something that is about your breath. So some people meditate. So this is uh, one of the ways of watching the breath, and some people engage in spiritual practices when they are. Uh, perform a, any kind of ritual, you know, uh, reflecting about the day or reflecting about the challenges or goals, or or sometimes also chanting, you know, certain texts uh, that uh, from that particular um, and teaching. And this is type of breathing as well. So, and um, some people also do like, um, like Tai Chi is the way where we align breath and movements, these type of things, or just a simple uh, walk outside uh, with your pet, with your animal in the morning. So this is the second, the breath. And third is having a bit of uh, quality time with yourself alone. So in our world, uh, especially after pandemic, maybe it sounds a bit contradictory. So we're already alone at home for a while, how to have a time alone. Again, what I'm talking is a time of silence, time of reflection, you know, where we could really have a couple of minutes. So I advise my clients to spend three up to five minutes just being in the silence with, with themselves, uh, keeping the eyes open or, or closed, just having this moment of reflection of the silence and giving space, you know, like expanding your own world. So in a nutshell, I would say, this is about sleep, this is about breath work and inner reflection and reflection with yourself. So this is what I would highly recommend. And this is what I do with my clients. Mm -hmm. This sounds like a, it sounds like a simple plan, <laughs> but I know that all simple plans are very complicated to implement because most often we are quickly caught up by our old behaviors, by mm -hmm. our stressful days, and we forget about it and we postpone and we say next time, next week, next month, when I have less to do, when I have less stress, and this time actually never comes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we continue to ne to neglect ourselves. How how do you get your how do you get your clients to to actually really commit to this? Are they just committed because they 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 are in such a situation where they see this is the one thing I want to do? Or do you also have clients which are maybe also in the audience of those who listen now or who watch this as a recording, who so far had nearly no touch points with these kind of techniques in their lives? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Ulrike, I believe that uh, 
first, uh, there are two things. First, if uh, anything we would love to change. So it comes within. So if you make a decision, you know, say, I want to make this happen. <laughs> and this inner commitment, this is what it's requiring. And um, when clients come to me and I don't see this commitment, this desire to, to make decisions, make things happen, it, it makes very challenging for me, you know, that because external things that cannot make it what is within so we need to be ready we we desire to within to make things happening this is essential and uh, when it's there and i believe my role is just you know when we have like set up the wood and if you make the fire we just need to be like this like and then after a while things start coming and this is my role. And I do that with the help of an action plan. So uh, together with clients, we design a very simple action plan. It usually involves like two, three points for the next two weeks. That, and we de uh, also define uh, how they will follow every day, every other day, or twice in the morning. And we also define the time intervals. So that they're known this time, they are follow this one. And um, also, um, we have three days. So usually, after first three days, when we're trying to implement a new habit, new ritual, it's important to have someone who boosts us, someone in the back, and say, "Hey." Are you still on your path? And we have a conversation usually, and the clients call me, and I just love to know what's on, how is it doing. Often, it is enough to know that someone is, is believing in you and waiting for you that uh, you will make it. And then if you call and say, hey, you know, your belief, trust is in good hands. You know, I'm moving on and I'm with you. And I and this is nice to be together, you know, like with social animals. And if we're a little group, a little group of support, it makes help and makes, uh, uh, paves the way to, to the road to um, in the place we would love to be. So this is uh, like a small, simple, no magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, indeed, it's a it's a bit also about um, what what I share with my clients often when it comes to achieving their goals in general is to pronounce these goals to other people, and um, also to other people where they they then really feel like an obligation they should really do it. Yeah, it's not like oh, it's, not, it's not so bad. I just told it to my husband, but nobody else knows. It doesn't really count then. But if you really commit yeah. to something to others and you say hey i really commit to this then you 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 have a higher motivation to go for it and especially the yeah. simple things in our lives are the ones which we don't do enough whereas we have so much on hand that we can use to empower ourselves in many different ways and and most of the time push it away because it's always there it reminds me about something when you live in a certain region wherever you live you most likely you most likely have not visited the the most famous spots around you because you can do it anyway anytime and you travel wherever to the other 
other side of the world to visit something else there <laughs> because you can do it anytime in your local place. And it's exactly the same thing with simple solutions. You think I can do it anytime anyway. So it's not, I don't have to start today. And at the end, you just don't implement these things and wonder why everything is so complicated. So sometimes we just, I think, need to step back and come back to the roots a little bit. Like you say, we're human beings. We have a body, we're breathing in, we're breathing out all day long. Most of the time, we don't even recognize this. We're not even grateful for this. Now, with the corona pandemic, maybe it's a bit different because breathing was something that is not something that was obvious for everybody <laughs> over these past months. But yeah. nonetheless, um, really coming back to ourselves is a, is a wonderful empowerment tool. And is there something that you might want to share uh, in terms of empowering yourself yeah uh, uh -huh. that is uh, that is an effect of of your techniques where you have some experience that you can share with people actually materialized in a certain way in their lives or what they suddenly felt capable of maybe because they were coming back to these to this connection between body and mind Mm -hmm. Ulrike, the, uh, this is very profound question and, uh, and it gives them a chance to look within like, a bit deeper how the things work. And when we say the deeper, beyond the surface, then I mean also the work with um, subconscious mind. You know, usually uh, this is the type of work we are not get used to working with. And in our subconscious mind, we store a lot of things like, you know, from your clients, working with your clients, changing beliefs. This is something that requires profound work. Yes. And uh, we can access subconscious mind for certain techniques. And, uh, and these techniques involve uh, working with the body. So usually this is through state of trance or state of uh, self-hypnosis or state of hypnosis or state of the mind where both uh, brain hemispheres are open and usually like throughout the day we have either this or that hemisphere who is operating and these type of things so i i can only encourage and emphasize to saying you know if come if it comes to the terms of uh, changing our habits cultivating new rituals helpful useful this is um, important to learn uh, and work with the tools that address directly subconscious mind and, and uh, to help us to leverage from um, leverage from this information we have and you know I work many years in IT and uh, and technology environment and I believe this is we are like a human beings here, we are complex uh, system. And every system before you want to, you know, uh, make it perform well to, to, to its best capacity, it's important to do troubleshooting, you know, to understand what happened before, what is the history of the system, you know, what is on the backbone infrastructure, so to speak. And often these are events we have in our lives, usually first six years of our lives. We have a number of certain events that happen in our lives. And we as a children with a, a little life experience and um, a different 
understanding of the world, you know, the children. So we somehow tend to take these events into something and shape uh, perception of the world and perception of our role in this world based on that. And to understand where these triggers are and how they connected to each other and what kind of algorithm or, or the self-executing program they built, it requires some troubleshooting. And usually troubleshooting is not a pleasant time. <laughs> and this is requires also some, some brain capacity and some focus to see and understand where the roots, uh, what, uh, what caused what happen, happening now and how that can be changed. And uh, with a little bit of thorough investment and um, help of external consultant. So uh, we can have a look and assess what happened and uh, transform, tweak and twist or change uh, our experience we store in our subconscious mind to create different beliefs, you know, or different programs, um, or just a space for something new. And then to move on and forward in our lives. <laughs> I hope yes. um, Please, please answer your question. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I, I'm sure that pretty, pretty, but that many people in the audience are surprised that you were working in IT because that's a completely different world. <laughs> and on the other hand, I like the comparison very much because we are also a very complex system, like you say. And um, the, the big secret for many people is how can I access to this whole huge subconscious world in myself? And we start thinking about it with our conscious brain, which is obviously not the right place to search for the subconscious elements because they are, I agree, they are in the body. Uh, we're using quite a few techniques like this as well. And if we really want to connect with a specific emotion, with a specific belief, we find these things in our body. And when we start feeling them there, then we start to understand them. Then we can listen to what's going on there. Then we can dig out actually what is hiding behind and what this program is telling our conscious brain kind of to do every day. Yeah, what, what behaviors are triggered all the time, what emotions are triggered all the time where we don't know where it's coming from. And this is, it, it's fantastic to open this world because it gives us so much power on ourselves, so much power to feel better about ourselves and to release this famous potential, <laughs> this famous potential that we all have. And where probably most of us have the feeling, I am not at 100%. I have certainly much more inside of me, but I don't know how to get access. So we are coming... We'll end with the time and I will just very shortly wrap up what you said earlier in the talk, three very simple tips which you gave, what people can do to first of all have a first connection that they can set up in a better way with their body. The first one is to having just enough sleep, very simple trick, uh, but use it, yeah, really, really do it, take care about your sleep, your sleep is important, you will be much more creative also on the next day, so even if you have a lot of work, maybe it's better to sleep a bit more and to be more productive in the time when you're woken up. The second one are the breathing techniques, and there are many different ways how you can learn breathing techniques, be it yoga, be it tai chi, be it other techniques which you mentioned before. 
Yeah, and then we have also the quality time, which you can take when you are alone. And um, this is something that you might want to build on. We had a little chat before we started this talk. So, Alexandra, what is, if you had just one single thing to share with our audience, one single thing they can do as soon as they get out of this uh, interview when they have stopped watching us, what is it what they can do? I think we lost you, Alexandra. You're frozen. So if Alexandra is not coming back right now, what I can share with you, fortunately, because that was the one thing that I asked her actually before we started with this interview, um, she told me the one thing that you can do right now when you finish watching this talk is that you go out on a little walk with yourself. And you really use this walk with yourself so that you can focus on yourself and just feel how you are. If I repeat it well, so it's Alexandra's idea, not, not, not mine. But I, I, see, I see a lot of value in this and taking this time for yourself and to understand how you feel, feel your body, feel your breathing, enjoy that you're alive, enjoy that you can go out and make this walk and just let the ideas flow when you're out there, going to the nature preferably, maybe in a forest somewhere where it's green and everything is flourishing now and, and just let it sink in and maybe some creative ideas for yourself will suddenly pop up. Maybe you will see some light in some areas where you feel like in a, in a tunnel of your life. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.